The reading from God's Word this morning will be Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 25. Here in the context that the Lord Almighty is calling his people out of Egypt and taking them into the promised land, which he had promised before. These are the words written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by Moses, the very word of our God. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's sons, by keeping all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat, And you are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God. You shall fear him, you shall serve him, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, and lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him in Mashah. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers by thrusting out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has promised. And when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders and great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our very eyes. 
And he brought us out from there, that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all his commandments before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us. To talk a little bit about next week. So next week, just a reminder, we have our conference with Creation Truth, where we'll be talking about, learning about Christ our Creator, how our triune God has created us, and in particular Christ, the the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, has created us. We're going to look into that. So it's not going to be just focusing on dinosaurs, which I know are cool, and and young people really love that. But uh, And that's that's great to enjoy uh, that which God has created. But we're going to be focusing on our Creator now, of of these folks that are coming to, uh, to tell us about Christ our Creator, tell us about these cool things, and we want to be respectful of their property. I know you'll be excited and you'll want to climb on them. Don't don't even think about that. Okay, so all right. Now enough enough for that. But uh, we're looking forward to that. I think it'll be an exciting time for us. And open your Bibles with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter six. And we're not going to be doing an exposition this morning. What we're going to do is kind of look back a little bit to the things that we've been studying now for quite a while in chapters five and six to see what is it that God tells us about parenting. And so we saw a little bit uh, last week as we talked about that in chapter 6, verse 4, as we did an exposition of that passage. But we're going to now expand this to pick up what Paul has said in, in the larger context. And we'll see uh, that we have a, a wonderful foundation as to who are we as parents, as Christian parents. <clears throat> and so we're going to be talking about distinctively or distinctly Christian parenting, distinctly Christian parenting, and we'll have some additional times after next week's Creation Truth, and then uh, we'll come back and and take up some more of this real practical aspects of how do we parent and how do we raise our children in the training and admonition of the Lord, and so uh, we'll we'll have a few more lessons on this. But today we're going to lay a foundation for parents. We saw this morning, learned this morning in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that God has provided everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything we need for eternal life, for this life, for living godly. Does that include parenting? And why would you say that? You're right. <clears throat> exactly. And, and, and as he pointed out from the Greek, all things means what, Brandon? All things, okay? So, one of those great words that just means what it means, right? So, yes, it does include parenting. You see, parenting was God's idea from the beginning. And he pointed that out there in Genesis 2. You know, a man shall leave his, what? Father and mother. Parenting is God's idea. And he has spoken about parenting a lot throughout the scriptures. And so, yes, he has provided everything that we need for this calling. 
So where do we start? I mean, do we go to the thousands of different Christian books that are out there on biblical parenting? And there are many excellent books that, that I recommend to people uh, on Christian parenting, biblical parenting. But you have to be careful because not everything that claims to be Christian really accurately reflects what the Bible says about parenting. Sure, they all cite Scripture, but we have to go to the Scriptures and carefully examine them so that we can evaluate whether this book or that book or another book are actually reflecting what the Scripture says. Because just because somebody cites Scripture does not mean that it is scriptural, right? I mean, think about, you know, someone spoke to Jesus very early in his ministry and quoted Scripture to him. Do you remember that? And they were so off base, right? When Satan was tempting Christ and he quoted scripture, but he misused it. And sadly, a lot of people do the same. Some of them question God's teaching about matters like discipline. They offer various reasons for not doing what God says to do. They say, well... Sociological and psychological research shows that what God has said about discipline is wrong. Or they may say that God's word is outdated. Okay, that was okay for people way back in ancient times because they didn't really know much and things were different and times were different. But now we, we know better or now things are so different we need something else and we need these uh, folks in sociology and psychology to tell us. Or they may just twist Scripture to support the latest fad. We see that a lot. Other teachers appear to take God's methods and principles seriously, but they turn all of that into an almost guaranteed, do-it-my-way-and-succeed, rigorous, mechanical process. Martin Lloyd-Jones was emphatic in his commentary on this passage in Ephesians 6, emphatic that parents must not raise their children in such a mechanical way, the way like a drill sergeant. Order and structure are good, but not at the expense of loving nurture. He told of a family that he stayed with when he was traveling, preaching at their church, And the mother in that family was severely distressed. You see, she had recently heard lectures by this woman who claimed to be an expert on Christian parenting. And her topic was this. How to bring up all the children in your family as good Christians. Okay, hopefully red flags are going off for you, right? Just from the title of her her theme there. She boasted of her own success he tells, and he says this, this is, this is what she presented about herself, this, this expert. She had five or six children, and she had so organized her home and her life that she finished all of her domestic work by 9 a.m. <laughs> Ladies, you feel guilty yet? <laughs> That's what this lady would make you feel. And then she gave herself to various Christian activities. All her children were fine Christians, and it was all so easy, so wonderful. Well, as you can imagine, 
that stressed out this dear lady that who's in the family that he was staying with. She felt like an utter failure by comparison. I mean, who wouldn't? And so Lloyd-Jones said to her, just wait a few years. Sure enough, nearly all of her children had left the faith. Some of them became openly anti-Christian. The spirit of that lecturer is still around today. Some families who follow that kind of teaching produce, well, some of them will be like her kids and they just like, I'm out of here. I don't want to have anything to do with God, religion. But if they don't depart the faith, what, what happens is they become compliant robots. They do the bidding of their parents. And we even see that on into their adulthood, even as they have their own families, their parents still control their lives. And on the outside, these seem like model families. Mom and dad boast that they did everything right. All the kids are Christians. But not every family is able to produce those compliant robots. And they become seriously discouraged because it feels like they weren't spiritual enough to succeed. Lloyd-Jones pointed out that People like that lecturer teach, quote, a mechanical process, all so cold and clinical. There was no love there, no warmth. Here was a woman who was proud of herself. She did it all by the numbers, mechanically. What a wonderful mother she was. But he rebuked that thinking, saying, a child is not a machine. And so you cannot do this work mechanically. You can't do parenting work mechanically. And you see what happens in this is that when you, when you find people boasting about how successful they were in parenting, that should raise red flags. Okay? Because as we saw a verse in, in Sunday school, it's like, what do you have that you weren't given? It's not you, parent. We can't bear that weight of producing Christian children and and even you know great perfect little children. We can't we can't bear that weight because that's not our job. That's the Lord's job. Our job is to be faithful. To yes, work hard. And parenting is hard. It's a lot of work. But we're called to be faithful in it. You see, what should... So so you get some parents that that boast, oh, we did it all right, and all of our kids are Christians, and everything is great. Then on the other extreme, you get people that are severely discouraged because all their kids aren't Christians. Maybe none of their kids are Christians. Maybe they professed Christ, and then they left, left the faith, and, you know... Or their kids are, you know, really tough right now. And it's not so pretty. And But they get discouraged. Like, wow, I'm just not as spiritual as those people. What should be is humility. 
This is what you should hear when you ask somebody. You know, so I look at your family and I see some good things and all, and, and, and you say, we, we did work hard to try to do things God's way. We tried to apply ourselves and be faithful. But we made a lot of mistakes. And we had to repent a lot. That's the humility that a godly Christian parent ought to have. That's the perspective. Not the boasting, oh, I did everything right. And that's what, and I appreciate Lloyd-Jones for rebuking that. So what we need to do is to put together a biblical understanding of parenting because we don't want to be the, the proud, arrogant, boastful family, but we also don't want to be the one that just gets so discouraged that they throw their hands up and I give up. You know, or they're always, you know, beaten down because, you know, my kids aren't perfect. What, what's, what's the path for us? How do we operate when it can be so hard and so frustrating and so humiliating, or or humbling, rather? It can be so humbling. We need a biblical understanding of parenting. We need a foundation that we can stand on and we can stand confidently on. And not to say, I'm doing everything right, because then you go back to the boastfulness. But to just have the assurance that the, the Lord is behind me in all of this and He's the one holding me up because I'm trying to do things His way. I'm working hard to understand it and apply it. You see, it'll not only give us a foundation that we can build on, but it'll give us truth that we need to evaluate whatever kind of parenting method that, that comes down the pike. And, you know, oh, this this is, you know, this is the greatest thing. And better than anything before it. Today we're going to begin pulling together truths that we've been learning from Ephesians 5 and 6 primarily. So most of this isn't going to be new, but the way that we put it together is going to be new in a sense. We're going to put it together as a foundation, as these building blocks that we we lay out, if you will, and form a foundation that we can stand on. We want to get a clearer picture of what a parent in God's plan is. You know, what, what does God think when he thinks parent, and this is what I want you to be as a mom or a dad. Okay? What is that? We're going to find this. Distinctly Christian parenting is a spiritual calling that employs biblical resources in raising children. Distinctly Christian parenting is a spiritual calling that employs biblical resources in raising children. The primary goals of that Christian parenting are to nurture the child to adulthood and to orient them to Christ. Does this really matter? Am I, am I just nitpicking? You know, some of you might be thinking that. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you just kind of wing it. Or, well, you know, I really like this and does it really matter does it make a difference? You know, what difference does it make? What parenting method I use? 
Well, it makes all the difference. Your child's eternal soul is at stake. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if they reject Christ and end up in hell for eternity, that is your fault. I am not saying that. And, and, and I'm not saying that if they become a Christian and end up in heaven, that, you know, you're the one that did that. And you can't say that either. But we're working with souls here. These dear little souls. And so it does matter. You see, if your method believes that God's word is wrong about something, then why should they believe what it says about the gospel? So you say, well, we don't do this because we don't believe, you know, God said to do that, but we're not going to do that because this psychologist said don't do that. God's word's wrong. And then you say, but the Bible tells us to believe in Christ alone. Why should they believe that? If the Bible's wrong on something, why is it wrong on everything? It also matters if your method pushes your children to hate God, to hate religion. It matters if your method produces Pharisees or if it breaks the will of your child so that they need to depend on you now for the rest of their life. Instead of, instead of putting their trust in God. Do you kind of see what we're talking about here? Why it matters? I want us to see that biblical parenting is the only method that provides our children with real hope. With gospel hope. This is the only method that really orients them to Christ. You see, there's some forms of parenting that, that what they do is they, they orient the child to themselves. You're good. You're basically good, so trust yourself. Trust your judgment. And I want to encourage that. Then there's others that say, well, no, you're not good. Trust me, the parent. And both of those are wrong. We need to have not a child-centered home, not a parent-centered home. It's just as bad. We need a Christ-centered home. Christ-centered parenting. That is what Paul calls us to. A Christ-centered... If you doubt me, don't do it right now, but go back and read this section. And especially when he's talking about our relationships in the family. Do you remember? I've been harping on this because Paul harps on this. In every one of these relationships, on both sides of the relationship, the one who is to submit to authority and the one who has authority, it's all what? To the Lord. Of the Lord. As the Lord. Right? It's, it's oriented to Christ. It has to be oriented to Him. Now, I, I want to make just a little disclaimer here. We need to guard ourselves from being reactionary. So, in other words... You see a parenting method and, and it's wrong. And maybe that's what you grew up with under. That's what your parents did. You look at that and like, mm, I'm not going to do that. Well, don't go to the other extreme. Don't be reactionary. And just because you, you know, to whereas, as I've used this illustration before, you know, so you're in one ditch, so what do you do? You jerk the wheel and you end up in the other ditch. Okay? No, we don't want to do that. What we need to do is go back to the Scriptures and say, where's the road? Where's the path that God has laid out for us? And that is where we need to walk. In that, don't go over here and drive in this ditch, or now we're going to jerk the wheel and, and drive in this ditch. No, we want to be on God's path. That means we have to go to the Scriptures and say, see, what do they say? And 
What did God intend in the first place? What did He intend for us in parenting? So, and you'll, you may be surprised that God says a lot about not just parenting, but what is a biblical parent. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What is a biblical parent? A biblical parent first is temporarily entrusted by God with children. That may sound somewhat obvious, but not all of that is obvious to everybody. Uh, look at Ephesians 6.4. So, a biblical parent is temporarily entrusted by God with children. So, we learned last week, six, Ephesians 6.4, and fathers, and fathers, you're, you're leading your, the mother, your, your wife in this too, so both of you, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You see, the Lord is the one who has given you not only the how-to, but the responsibility to do this. Okay? So, you're, you're given that responsibility. You've been entrusted with these children. So, whatever children God has given you, He has entrusted you with them. Now, that's that threw a word in there, temporarily. Okay? So, where does that come from? Well, just back up to Ephesians 5.31. <clears throat> Paul quoting from... From uh, Moses in Genesis uh, 2. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So, that's temporary. So, at the very latest, and as I said before, we can, you know, you know, discuss and argue about, you know, if it can happen before then. But at the very latest, when your child marries, they're no longer to obey you, still honor you but not obey you, okay? And so temporary. There are some popular conservative uh, parenting methods where, as I mentioned before, basically the children obey mom and dad for the rest of their life, even after they have their own families. And 531, Genesis 2, 24, those teach strongly against that. It is temporary, now, that doesn't mean that parents will have any kind of ministry to their children once they're married. But it's going to change. It's going to have a different character to it. Okay? But we're talking about while they are under your care, under your authority. Parenting is extensive discipleship. That's one way to look at it. You know, so if you're a parent, you are a disciple maker. Okay? You may not realize that. So you got a baby coming, get ready, you're going to be disciple makers, right? And, and so, I mean, from day one, right? You know, and, and they'll, they'll learn things faster than you realize. But for about two decades, this intensive discipleship takes place. You see, so it's extensive because it, it's long and it's intensive because it's 24-7, in the home, in each other's lives, in each other's mess, right? And, but it, but it's wonderful discipleship. It, you become parent, you become a precious source of grace, gospel grace to your children. Now, you're not preaching the gospel to them every minute of every day. You might not even preach it every day to them directly. But in all of these little things, you are, you're living it out before them. You're teaching God's word, his principles. You're trying to orient them to him. And you're also watching for those precious moments when they're like, I can't do this. And guess what? 
that is them saying, how must I be saved? You know, it's like the Philippian jailer, you know, to Paul. Now, they're not wanting the gospel after that, really. But that's what the Spirit is likely doing, is preparing them and and opening that heart or working in that heart so that you then say, ah, here's an opportunity for the gospel. You're right, you can't do it. You need Jesus. And then he will enable you to do it. You become a precious source of gospel grace to your children. Second, a biblical parent walks in wisdom. Parent, you are to continually learn from Scripture what is God's will. You know, back in my early Christian days, it was a real big discussion about, you know, how can you know God's will? You know, and there were lots of books being written about it and everything. Well, there's a few places in Scripture where it says, you know, Here's God's will, your sanctification, you think First Thessalonians, right? Well, we have something here that it's, applies to more than just parenting, but it does apply to parenting. So, look back in Ephesians 5, verse 15. He says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. This applies to parenting. Why? Because this is the section of walking in wisdom. And and parenting and and marriage and all that falls under this. This applies to that. This is like a heading for that. Okay? So he says, verse 17, So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay? So parent, he's, he's saying to you, as a parent, you need to understand what God's will is. And here is his will. And then he spells it out for us, and that's what we're working our way through. Okay, so what is God's will for you as a parent? Okay, we're learning that. Okay, we looked at it a little bit last time. We're going to look at it more this time and then some additional weeks. God has told you in his word how to parent your child. He doesn't leave it up to sociologists and psychologists and or even, you know, grandma or, you know, grandpa, whatever, you know, that they, oh, this is what I, you know. He has told you what His will is. And so go learn it. That's what He tells you right there. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So parent, you need to figure that out. Which means study what Paul said, right? Number three, a biblical parent relies on the Holy Spirit's power and character. They rely on the Holy Spirit's power and character. Again, the next verse in chapter 5, Ephesians five eighteen, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but what? Be filled by the Spirit. So on the one hand, what this means is that your parenting from A to Z, everything that you do in your parenting needs to have the character to manifest the, all the fruit of the Spirit. And, and turn back just a few pages to the left to, to Galatians. There, the last uh, second last chapter in Galatians, chapter 5. Some of you have memorized this. I want to exhort all parents to memorize this. And and you ought to have your kids memorize it too. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. Okay? Parents, you need to memorize that list so that as you are parenting... Okay, there comes a point where you have to discipline your child. Okay? And you're like, Oh, man, you're so mad. You embarrassed me at the grocery store. Through the Spirit should start, Bing, 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 bing. Hmm. 
self-control just went out the window. Okay, so what do you do? You repent, you turn to the Lord. Okay, help me to, you know, take hold of myself here. I still need to deal with little Johnny here and, you know, but I, I have to deal, take the log out of my own eye first, right? You need the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's why, parents, you need to memorize this so that you, so that those will guide you and convict you. And you think, okay, so how do I carry this out as a parent? It ought to be overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit. Some of those more so than others, like with, you know, in discipline, self-control should be one of those up at the front, right? For example, we said in Ephesians 4.26, we talked about righteous anger, that, you know, when your children sin, you should have righteous anger toward their sin. That doesn't look like what it usually looks like in our lives, though. As I just kind of illustrated for you. Because if it is righteous, it's going to have all of the fruit of the Spirit. They're going to be detectable there. So, for example, you're going to remain self-controlled if your anger is righteous. If you find that you're, you're losing control, your anger is not righteous. Okay? And that is a rebuke to you, and you need to repent of that. It must be kind. It must be gentle. Your response will be motivated by love. See, I've already pointed out four fruit of the Spirit there. That, that should be characteristic of how you correct your child. Because what you're doing is you're not, you're not trying to punish them. It's not that, oh, you embarrassed me and you're going to pay for it. That, no, it should not be that. It should be, I, I, want, I want you to learn to grow. I want to correct that bad behavior so that you learn to live in a way that pleases God and you get along well with others and, you know, and you're respectful and so forth. You want to be developing them, not punishing them. But on the other hand, the Holy Spirit's power and influence are essential to all of our relationships because biblical parenting requires... Supernatural power requires supernatural power. Now, okay, the lady, the, the expert with that was lecturing on parenting, she didn't need the Holy Spirit. She had it all figured out. Follow my rules. Follow my structure. And that is not being filled by the Spirit. Okay, we're told here that our parenting has to be filled by the Spirit. That is, you you turn to the Spirit and say, "I need your power." You see, because parenting requires supernatural power. Why? What are we trying to do in our parenting? Is it just to raise kids that, you know, are nice and decent? No. It's more than that. We want to raise our children because we, we want to cultivate their hearts to receive the gospel. We want to keep them oriented to Christ. You know, so that as they're going their own little sinful way, we want to keep turning them back to Christ, turning them back to Christ, and keep pointing them to Christ. And and so, as we're, we're trying to cultivate their hearts, that requires supernatural power, because it means that you have to die to self sometimes, a lot of times. And you have to, like, okay, I'm so tired. This has been a hard day. Here's one of those little gospel moments that John was talking about, popped up. I am too tired to talk about Jesus. Oh, really? You know, I mean, catch yourself saying something like that. Now you die to self and you talk about Jesus. 
right? Like, okay, I'm tired, but okay, I can't go put my feet up. I need to minister to my child here. I need to orient them again to Christ. Okay, or so there's that that explaining to them why this matters. Because God has said this, and you've disobeyed God when you disobeyed me. And I need you to understand that. You need to see how serious this is. Because it's not just that you, you know, gotten on my bad side or anything. It's because you have broken God's law. We're cultivating hearts. We need supernatural power. Fourth, a biblical parent is a servant leader to their children. A biblical parent is a servant leader to their children. And moms, you may have thought that this was all for the guys. And back in chapter 5, it was. Okay, for your husband. Now it's for you too. Okay? You are to be a servant leader. Back in chapter 5, verse 21. And submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Submitting to one another. We talked about that verse a good bit. And and so, let's talk a little bit about it here. Parenting is good work. It is foundation-building work. It's work that God is going to use in the life of your child for the rest of their lives. It's some of the most profound work that God uses in building His kingdom. Parenting is some of the most profound work that God uses in building His kingdom. And parent, you've been given God's authority to lead your child. That's the leader part of that phrase, servant leader. But you're also called to make sacrifices in your parenting work. I've already alluded to some of that. You may not get to have the free time that you were used to. The me time. Okay? Sometimes that just goes completely out the window. Sometimes it's just, you know, greatly curtailed. But, I mean, God is gracious and there are times where, you know, kids start growing, maturing a little bit and you get a little bit more of your me time, you know, and it's just some time to relax, do things you like. There's a lot of the time that you just have to sacrifice that. Sacrifice, again, while I was talking about, you know, you're tired, but you've got to minister to your child because now is the moment to minister to them, Okay. You sacrifice. I'm dog tired. But I have to serve them. That's what he's talking about. This is the submitting to your child. Not to their authority, because they don't have authority over you. It's sacrificing your time, your your energy and for them. Number five. A biblical parent does everything in the fear of Christ. We just saw that at the end of, of 521. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Parent, you do not have unlimited authority over your children. Sadly, parenting in the past often assumed that. That's wrong. It's not biblical. Unlimited authority only belongs to Christ. You, parent, may not do whatever you wish. Um, The parent is not always right. You know, (laughs) know, if if you're trying to parent biblically, you'll, you'll find... It seems like I'm rarely right, right? The fear of Christ means that you have a joyful awe and trembling before Him. So it's not this you know, terror that He's going to you know, come thump me. But it's taking it seriously. He's the Lord and I'm not. He's God and I'm not. I'm responsible to Him. But it's a joyful awe and a trembling. It's a trembling at the greatness of His majesty. 
the greatness of, of who He is. And recognizing that I have to take this seriously. I'm not God in my home. God is. I'm not Christ in my home. Christ is. I fear Him. And your children need to see that you tremble before Him. Again, not in terror. But in that that joyful, trembling awe. They need to see that when you... You talk about Jesus. It's not like, you know, your, your, your buddy, you know, that he's the Lord, but yet your friend. You see, there's the joy in the friend part, but the trembling in the Lord part. You know, they need to realize that you take seriously that you are accountable to him. And, you know, we I've, I've told you this before, so I won't go into it long, but... You know, we had that conversation with our girls. You know, they did not like the idea that they had to obey, you know. And and so, you know, they balked against that. And I remember mom, mom telling them, you know, well, yeah, you have to obey me, but I have to obey your dad because he's you know, the head of our home. Well, they really didn't like that, you know, and coming out of feminist Russia. But And then one of us, I don't remember who it was, you know, as they're really bristling up over that, say, well, do you know who dad has to submit to? And all their ears perked up at that point. Well, it's, yeah, tell me. He has to submit to Jesus. He's accountable to Jesus. He can't just do whatever he wants, even though he's the head of this home. And he has to answer to Christ. So, parents, take your parenting seriously. Jesus does. You're accountable to Christ for your attitudes and your actions. And as I said earlier, a biblical parent will be repenting often. You'll be repenting often. And don't ever feel like you can't confess your sin to your child. Like if, if you, you discipline them sinfully or if you sinned against them in some other way, you just have to say, son, daughter, I sinned against you. Will you forgive me? That's biblical parenting. And you're a sinner just like they are. They need to understand that you're a sinner too. Don't give them the impression that mom and dad never, you know, sin and never do anything wrong. And everything they do is okay and okay with Jesus because it's not. You set the example for them. You're going to want them to come to you and say, mom, dad, I sinned against you. Will you forgive me? Okay, if you never do that for them, then they're going to, you know, this is going to be kind of a weird thing. They need to see you leading in that way. And we saw last time, you may not, this is forbidden, to provoke your child to anger. So whatever those things are that provoke them to anger, and I won't go into all that, but you may not do that. You must develop Christ's character, parent, and manifest it consistently. And when you don't, repent, confess it as sin, and ask their forgiveness. Finally, A biblical parent is Christ-oriented. You must learn, understand, and carry out the Lord's instructions for parenting. Remember, we read 6.4, Ephesians 6.4. It is the training and admonition of Paul. No. Of Dr. whoever. No. Of the Lord. And their Lord is Jesus. Here in this passage. 
Beware of the spiritual warfare that seeks to distract you from God's ways. Remember, our goal is not to produce well-behaved children. Our goal is not to be able to get a full night's sleep. Our goal is not to try to be in, try to prevent being inconvenienced by our children. Some of those may be good. That's not our goal. And so we can go to the next slide, which is just the all of it now put together. And you can see Ephesians 5.15 to 6.4. It says a lot about parenting. We pulled out at least six things there. And then there's more detail we talked about last time and we're going to get into later. <clears throat> but the, those things I mentioned about you know well-behaved kids and so forth, that's not why God has given us children. Why does He give us children? He gives us children so that we can teach them to live life well under God, under His loving, watchful eye. And parent, you're evangelizing every day. And, and what impact are you having for the gospel every day, day in and day out, moment by moment by moment? What is it? Are you, are you tilling up the soil and making it ready, making their hearts you know, ready to receive the seed of the word, the gospel? Or are you tamping it down? By harsh parenting or permissive parenting. Both of those are tamping the soil down. You're hardening their hearts, or at least you're contributing to their hearts being hardened against the Lord. To have a gospel focus, to be Christ-oriented, we must follow Christ's methods and principles. So parents, are, are you sobered yet by this incredible responsibility you've been given? Do you realize that you've been entrusted to nurture that dear little soul that God has given you? To bring them up in His ways, hoping that they will trust Christ and follow Him? Parents, will you take parenting seriously? Will you be committed to doing it according to God's methods and principles? All of this, as we've been saying, is to be Christ-oriented. What? Okay, so our our worship services are. We have a number of reasons. One main reason is to worship God. Yes, but everything in our worship service is intended to keep reorienting us to Christ. Just as you try to reorient your child to Christ, we, we all need to be, even as parents, need to continually be reoriented to Christ. And so, you know, we have our week, and and you know things kind of get out of kilter, and you you, you know. You need to be reoriented to Christ. And what our our worship services are designed to do in part is this. To have the thinking Paul had in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You see the Christ-orientedness of this. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Parents, that should be our daily mindset as parents. That my life is oriented to Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who what? Loved me and delivered himself up for me. That is to be our Christ reorienting mindset every day. And the mindset that we 
are calling our children to adopt as well and to believe. I want us to focus on that in our Lord's Supper now.